Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Straight Talk Emergency Podcast Edition. I'm your host, as always, SES Vince, and I'm joined back after a two-episode hiatus with my co-host, Basharat. Yeah, I said it correctly, right? Basharat. Basharat. Sorry, man. Basharat. (laughs) <laughs> right, I'm going to get it, man. I'm sorry. I'm used to calling you Bosh, bro. This might be our intro thing where we do this every time. It's cool. Yeah, and see how, <laughs> how many episodes it takes me to get get, uh, get it <laughs> yeah, right. No worries. Ba- Basharat. Yes. Got it. So uh, emergency podcast, guys. Obviously, if, if you haven't heard already, uh, Donovan Mitchell has been traded from the Utah Jazz. And no, it is not the New York Knicks. We thought that there was going to be some issues there considering the fact that they were going to extend uh, R.J. Barrett on Monday, which they did, killing off any New York to Donovan Mitchell plans that could have taken place. So now we're here to talk about the Walsh bomb or Shams bomb or whatever. Donovan Mitchell is getting sent to the Cleveland Cavaliers of all places, which if we, we, if we recall... Dude, that was so some- I, before you even get there, I'm going to say, I was trying to... I, I thought about it. Now, I worked a double today, so I didn't have a chance. I got your text. I was like, what? He got traded? I didn't even have a chance to catch up on the news, so I got home. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, because I wanted to go back and listen to the pod we did that was recapping NBA free agency. Yeah. Uh, and kind of like... Because I remember in your five-star picks, I believe we were running through them. Was Cleveland your number three or number two? It was up there. It was like in the top three for sure. But yeah, I had Cleveland... Was- yeah, and in the same scenario, dude, like in the sign-in trade with Colin Sexton, and, and I pieces. think, yeah, and I think I said I was like, I don't know if they'll go for that. And what do you know? They went for it, man. That was, I mean, they included three more unprotected first-round picks, so that's huge. Yes, two pick swaps, Lowry Markinen. Okay, so let, let, let's unpack it here for a bit. Uh, I have the trade in front of me, but right you now. called it, man. We gotta, yeah. we gotta give it to you. Like that, that was one you brought up that I hadn't even thought of at the time. Right, and uh, I love the idea. If we, if you go back to our pod from back then, I mm-hmm. love the idea of of Mitchell going to Cleveland, um, and Cleveland just kind of like going all in on their on their little young core with Mobley, with with Allen, and with uh, Garland. So yeah. this is going to be interesting, man. Yeah, let's recap for let's sure, for the, sure. So I mean, is. I mean, the main thing here, I guess, why it felt so out of pocket or out of left field because it's the Cavaliers and they're still a young team. But you forget right. that they had two All-Stars in this year's All-Star game. Plus, they have basically the Rookie of the Year runner-up, or it should have been the Rookie of the Year if you ask certain people, and Evan Mobley. They had the pieces. Like, people forgot about Colin Sexton being a piece. Right. So, essentially, the trade is Donovan Mitchell to Cleveland for Larry Markkinen, which, again, a great signing trade for them last offseason because he was a piece – right now in this Mitchell trade uh they're I want to say they're 12th or like they're they're I don't know what the rookie they just drafted right yeah um, O'Shea Ogamji Ogamji I want to say Ochai O'Shea Ochai I can't I have no idea they just Ochai, drafted him and you he was Ogamji. a late late lottery pick so. yeah he was a late lottery pick late lottery pick so he was he was added to the deal and a sign and trade with Colin Sexton obviously he had to agree to go to Utah but Considering the fact that nobody showed any interest in Colin Sexton, I'm not necessarily surprised that he was like, "Yeah, I'll go to Utah. Sure, why not?" As long as they I mean, he gets me. his deal. He wasn't gonna get. He was gonna be on yeah. uh, on his uh, qualifying offer or something. I oh think. no, he's getting paid more than that. And then all, yeah, on top of that, right. it's a fresh start in Utah too. For yeah, for Colin fresh Sexton. start. What's kind of funny to me about that part of it though is uh, Utah having also traded, you know, Patrick Beverly for Taylor Horton Tucker. So you kind of. Uh, 
it, it's funny that Colin Sexton kind of ends up in the same situation he was in when he was in right. Cleveland, you know, kind of yeah. like, <laughs> you know, a duplicative skill set almost. Mm-hmm. And he's back with another another guard who's better on the ball, better attacking. He's not a good, great shooter. You know, that was kind of the whole reason that the Lakers couldn't really find too much use for him last year is he was way too duplicative of LeBron. And then obviously throwing Russell Westbrook into the mix. Oh, definitely. But uh, I mean, he gets his deal. That's the most important thing because he's coming back from injury. He didn't want to have to play out this year and then fight for a deal in free agency. He gets a four year deal here as part of the trade. Exactly. Okay. And then the first round picks that you mentioned, three unprotected first round picks. Like, honestly, I'd rather have unprotected first round picks deep into the future than having like protected picks in the immediate future. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. um, So the years are 2025, 2027, and 2029. They got to keep their 2024 draft pick, which is when Bronny is available, draft eligible. In the long game still. In the long game still. Um, then, like you said, they mentioned there's two pick swaps in 2016 and 2028. I mean, yeah. 2026 and 2028. Yes. Right. Um, so that's the trade overall. Um, what was your reaction? Because I, I guess I broke the news to you. You what? did. Your text. Uh, I was at work and I, I saw your text. I was like, I was uh, dumbfounded, man. I did not expect this coming out of left field because it, it seemed like the teams were all pretty much set to go into the season and that we we're going to have to play this out for a little while. And maybe they were going to drag it out with New York to get them to include the first round, you know, compensation, draft pick comp- compensation they wanted that the Knicks were for once actually unwilling to give, uh, you know, at, at least to the extent that Utah demanded. Um, so I saw that. And I, I mean, I immediately thought back to your, to your five-star picks. And I think this was the four-star one or something. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. This was a, this was a high one. I remember when you brought it up, I was like, Oh, this is your five-star. And you actually had New York ahead. Cause you thought it was more likely. Yes, um, I did. I mean, we all did because, you know, the, the, the talk circulating of, you know, the connections between the Knicks and Mitchell and Mitchell's team. So it definitely right. seemed that way. Um, and then obviously they were working on the trade up until this last weekend when they get, when the Knicks gave uh, the extension to Barrett. Um, I would say beyond that, when I actually got home and looked at the, at the details, I saw three unprotected first round picks and I wasn't that surprised. I, I immediately thought, oh, what a win for Cleveland. They're going to be good. Yes. But like you said, they're actually down the road. So this is a, a quite a bit of risk for Cleveland. I mean, yeah. 2025, that's, you know, one, that's two drafts, three drafts. That's the third draft down the road. Then you have 2027, 2029, anything. That could be a top. You have no yeah. idea what's going to happen in six years. Um, so I think with Cleveland, like you look at their core and they're so young. They're all in their 20s. Even Mitchell, we forget. He's probably like, what, like 25? Yeah, Mitchell, maybe? Mitchell's real young. Yes, uh, he's still young, man. Yeah. So they got their go-to score kind of guy. They have Darius Garland who can kind of run the show. They they have a hole at small forward in the wing position. Right. But Evan Mobley covers a lot of ground defensively, especially on the perimeter as well, because he can switch on to like quicker and smaller players. And, and that's a plus for Mitchell because again, defensively, you know, he not has been, yeah, not a strength to say the least. So you have Mobley who is not only, you know, a great defensive player down low, but like you said, can switch out onto the perimeter and guard perimeter players on switches. You got Jared Allen still back there. Who's a, who's a good, you know, uh, rim protecting center. Uh, with decent switchability and you know you've got 
you've got defense kind of up and down the lineup. Um, I'm forgetting the, uh, it's funny that I'm forgetting their pick from two years ago because I wanted the Bulls to pick him. Uh, uh, Okoru? I, uh, is, that, is that his name? Isaac Okoru. Yes. Yeah. Isaac so, Okoru. yeah, he's got he's a good defensive wing. And then, you know, on offense, too, this is going to be interesting because Mobley's got a lot of offensive game. Uh, and so does, obviously, Garland. has get, He can handle the ball and take the point guard duties. So yeah. maybe that frees up Mitchell to actually try a little bit harder, you know, in, in um, guarding his man, getting over screens, things of that nature that he's been kind of honestly really bad at in Utah. Oh, yeah. But he, and here's the thing, because, like, getting going into the league when he's being drafted, people saw him like, oh, he has the potential to be such a great defender, but we we're not so sure about his yeah. offense. Yeah, it's like, we're not so sure about his offense, but we feel like the defense is going to come real quick, and it hasn't. It's been the opposite. But right, re- regardless, even if it doesn't, man, like like you, like you said, they have Isaac Okoro. If they just shore up with like some defensive wings, some more perimeter wings, and then you still have Jared Allen, who's like the big eraser in the middle, down low. Yeah. And you still have Evan Mobley, like their front court scares me more, like just as much as their back court now. Like, well, that's that's a big thing. That's why I think like their front court is defensively versatile and offensively versatile too, or at mm-hmm. least capable. You know, they may yes. not have as much versatility on offense, but they have a lot of attack options from the front court. Yes, um, that helps Mitchell and uh, Garland, and I think that's I think this is great for Cleveland, honestly. Uh, uh, Utah is getting what they wanted. They wanted just a, a haul of draft picks to rebuild with, right? Yeah, Danny Ainge is doing, yep, <laughs> doing, exactly. doing the rebuild. He wants Danny Ainge. He's, he's got – I'm not even going to attempt to count. The, they got the picks coming in from Minnesota, which are like, you know, uh, uncountable treasures, like four picks, yes. a couple swaps. I, if I'm not mistaken, I think Walsh said between the Gobert and Mitchell trade, between both trades – they have a total of 13 unprotected that's ridiculous and uh, like unprotected slash lightly protected picks meaning yeah. there's not too much protection on said picks and then they have all Crazy. the swap options too just in case oh you know. and then on top of that great great a great point that was brought up i forgot who mentioned it uh they still got mike Conley. they still got right. they still got a uh, bogdanovich bogdanovich on there yeah. as well and they also have Jordan Clarkson, three guys that can right. warrant them a draft, another draft pick, yeah, at the bare minimum, at the bare minimum, because I I feel like Conley can still net you a draft pick, and Con- Conley Clarkson. should be able to net you a draft pick. Bogdanovich might get you a get you a little more. Um, Conley's a little bit higher up in age, and yes. obviously he's got he's got to be like minutes managed and injury yes. managed a little bit going forward. But um, yeah, Clarkson's six-man scoring ability is going to be valuable for whatever team is is looking for that punch up come near the trading deadline to try to move up in the standings. Uh, that will definitely, yeah, you're right. They can they can add, who knows, maybe three more picks. They won't be unprotected, right. but they could be decent first-round picks. Oh, for sure. I, I would say I, I would say Boyan Bogdanovich is a sleeper, sneaky guy that we can get for Kobe White in the pick. For Man, that, I would uh, hope Portland. so, but Bogdanovich would be a very good addition. I, I, I can see them do something where it's like Kobe White and like some cat filler plus that that Portland pick. I wonder if that'll work for the Bulls at this point because or for the Bulls to actually get the Jazz to accept because Kobe White also a best on the ball, you know, pu- you know, combo guard who will put up a lot of shots. And now you've also got Sexton and you've yeah. also got Tucker. Horton Tucker, so that's going to be and a until they deal Clarkson, yes. they still have Clarkson and Conley. Like that's 
Yeah, a lot. Yeah, they're pretty guard heavy right now too. But I don't know. I guess yeah, we'll that's see. why it's, it's it's kind of funny that they got back Conley in this deal because they were they were guard heavy, and you thought the Mitchell deal would well. The main benefit, or at least the main draw for the Jazz, is that they're getting these picks, right? And I guess right. they took a flyer on Sexton, and they're probably hoping either to flip him or, you know, see if he can actually become something more in their system. Uh, because right now they're still just as guard heavy, because you know they they sent Mitchell out yeah. and they brought in uh, they brought in Sexton, they sent uh, Patrick Beverly out, but they brought in Talon Horton Tucker. So they're sending out a guard and getting back a guard each time. Um, it, it's going to be definitely. Their tank job, I don't think, is going to be fun to watch, but it'll be interesting to keep tabs on on who comes out ahead in that, in well, that roster. I, I, I will say in today's age of small ball, like THT can still play small forward. He can still be a wing for you, essentially. Maybe even yeah, but a small to be, ball five. But, but for them to play together, you got to have a couple guards who can who are better off ball. You know, THT cannot. He has to attack no. with the ball. Like, that's his entire – again, that's the entire reason that I think that he disappointed in L.A., because mm-hmm. there's no room for him to do that on that squad in on the Lakers. And he his entire skill strength is having the ball in his hands and attacking downhill. So there's really nothing he can do on a team with, with LeBron and Russell Westbrook. That's true. That, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see. You know, Sexton made a pretty decent fit with Garland, even though, like, the, the uh, on-paper fit didn't seem as clean. Because, again, right. they, they're both essentially guards who require the ball. Um, so maybe he can make it work with, uh, Horton Tucker. He's working his way back from injury too. So I'm sure that's going to be a consideration. He'll have limited right. minutes at first. He'll have to get in rhythm. Um, it's, it's a definitely a guard, guard heavy, excuse me, a guard heavy lineup and a roster crunch they've got there. So we'll see if they have more deals coming early or if this is going to play out until the trade deadline for them to carry like probably. six cards or whatever. Yeah, probably they're, they're going to make sure they get the most for these assets that they have, but Okay. In terms of grades for the Cavaliers, I think this is an A plus for them because you got to take a swing like this, man. Like, right, Collins, like you said, Colin Sexton going down kind of actually did hinder them and actually kind of like took the wind out of their sails a little bit right. when he did go down with the injury, and because he fit well with Garland, and right. I, think I mean Sexton, they, they recovered a little bit because yes. Rubio was playing out of his mind, and then Rubio tore his ACL again, and exactly that was, that was that. But they got Rubio back, and hopefully he comes back healthier, and then he can continue to contribute like he did last season. But like yeah. I said, they have Garland, and like Mitchell is gonna is basically what Sexton was for the Cavaliers, but better. You're upgrading. way better, way more you, reliable, way more scary. You're much much more scared of a team coming down the stretch that can hand the ball off to Donovan Mitchell yes. and play defense like because he like can win a game can. for you, which he's done against the Bulls. In, in the he can win a series for you, man. Like yes. he, which he did against uh, Denver. Basically, well, Denver came out ahead in that series, didn't they? Yes. Yeah, they did. Well, they have Jokic, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, no, Mitchell. Mitchell is on the Cavs. I really like this fit when you brought it up. Uh, it's dude, the Bulls just look like they're standing in quicksand now. Like they're not even standing <laughs> standing in mud. They're they're sinking compared to the rest of the Eastern Conference. But I'm okay if with the, that. I welcome that, man. If the Knicks had gotten Mitchell, like we talked about, I don't think it was as clean of a jump. Like they would obviously have been better, but I wouldn't have been as scared of that team. No. Whereas now, I think the the Cavaliers are ahead of the Bulls. If you look at, if you want to just grade where the rosters grade out. Now, because the Bulls have a lot of question marks, like can Zach be Zach again, coming, you know, old Zach and improve? Can Lonzo be healthy? Can he, can he, 
you know, remain on the floor? Can DeMar keep up what he's doing at age 34, 35, whatever? Yeah. So Vucevic, is, can he stave off declining any more than he did last year? They've got a lot of question marks. And the Cavs have – they have young players, but there, there seem to be fewer – question marks or at least fewer like less variants available there because you you kind of know already like what you're getting out of jared allen and you know how solid darius garland is there's not really that question of can they stay on the floor or any of that yet yeah and then on top of all that we failed to mention because he hasn't really been an all-star like that but they still got kevin love coming they do the still have kevin love yeah. they still have kevin love who he yeah. could be a fantastic six man if now now if i'm cleveland i might keep him because I, now mean, he, I think they were planning to keep him anyway. He was a pretty good six man for them last year. I yo, mean, sh- you know. shout out, shout out to Kevin Love for weathering the storm long enough to the point where they have got good again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's impressive. I, I did not think that would happen, especially carrying his ginormous contract on the books. But oh yeah, no, yeah, he's uh he weathered the storm both uh on the Cavs roster and also with his own you know personal like state of mind heading into uh, into how that team was performing during the rebuild and struggling with it. And he was really good for them last year, a really solid, solid vet. Um, and he's going to be there again this year. I think, I think the Cavs are a legitimate threat. Now, now you have Brooklyn having kept everybody like I predicted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, the bulls are going to have a tough road. The whole Eastern conference playoff battle is going to be uh, murky and it's going to, I I'm predicting a lot of like shifting standings throughout, you know, the first, three quarters of the year and it's going to be tough for the bulls to make headway yeah um all right so on the cleveland side of things we both agree we like it but like if you had to give it a grade what would you what you giving it i think i will give it an a minus only not a plus because maybe it should be a plus like you said considering their franchise history and the fact that they rarely are able to pull off moves like this outside of lebron and his you know hometown influence right um outside of outside of lebron actually wielding his best player in the game status and all of that. Um, Cleveland has not been able to do things like this. Uh, And I think the Larry Hughes trade when they first tried to pair him on the LeBron team a while Mm -hmm. back was, was a decent one. Drew Gooden, they picked up very, very small moves, but this is major, man. Donovan Mitchell is a legit all-star player. And they, the reason I'm giving it an A minus is because those picks are far out in the future. Right. That's three picks, 2029 unprotected unprotected. This does limit their ability to improve their roster. They're not going to be able to trade a first round pick for quite some time now. So whatever no. other holes they need to fill, they've got to be they've got to find a way to attract free agents to Cleveland. Again, without LeBron, that's not a thing they've been able to do in the past. No, not necessarily, but I don't know. I will, like I said, I think the big caveat with the Cavaliers trading those picks so far ahead is because their core is so young that they're still going to be good in like three, four, five years from now. The one that concerns me is the 2029 pick because they could like bottom out, be six years is, yeah. Anything could happen. Players, seven seven years, actually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. you're right. Yeah. Um, Six drafts, seven years. Um, Players demand trades, they get unhappy, injuries can stack up, you know, uh, all kinds of things can happen. Players can regress, you, you know, um, some may not, some may just flatline as to where they are now and not actually improve the way they're expected right. to. So six years is, is a long time. Um, that that could be a dicey pick. Now, again, I, I'm, I'm in on their mentality and, and the, the fact that they decided to go ahead and risk it mm-hmm. for going in and improving the team and being legitimate um, force in the Eastern conference. So that yes. that's a good mindset, but 
when you trade that many draft picks and you do the swaps, again, any you're going to have other needs that are going to come up. And they are going to have to be very, very creative in how they fill those. Now, maybe they 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 decided to trade a Koru or Mobley improves to the point where they can get something for Allen. You, you don't know. Um, that's right. always possible. Uh, but they're they're going to have a, a tough road to fill. What, what, as the team plays together, you find out what the what the needs are on the roster that you have to fill, right. right? Whether that's, oh, we desperately need a three and D wing, or we desperately need, you know, somebody who's more of a pure point guard to back up Garland or whatever that is in order to actually be uh, uh, top of the, of the conference with home court advantage or even be a, a, a threatening in the playoffs. Right. So they're going to find that out through this year, through the course of next year. And when you go to fill those holes, as, as the Bulls have learned, and you don't have draft pick compensation to give up, that's that gets very dicey. You got to be real creative. I'm I'm still going to give it an A plus just for the simple fact that these are the kind of moves you need to make as an organization, as a front office, if you want to be competitive in absolutely in the Eastern Conference and in the NBA in general. And it's a move that, like, let's say the Bulls have made something similar to this. I would have been like, you know what? I hate the fact that they gave up so many unprotected picks, but I'm like, you know what? I'm all about being all in because right. you should always try to be as best as you possibly can be. And it's right. the Cavaliers. This is the biggest trade that they've had or ever made since the Kevin Love trade. And that was right. the only way, the only reason they even did that was because of LeBron James. And they were able yeah. to pull that off with Andrew Wiggins, the number one pick. This they're pulling off with just Colin Sexton, Larry Market, and a three future first. Yeah. That's I, I'm way more high on this Cleveland Cavaliers roster and front office. Going into the last season, and especially after what we saw last season, I'm way more confident this year. So they still yeah. get an A plus for me. No, I, um, I agree with you. So yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll bump it up. I, I, I'll say an A, a solid A. All right. All right. Um, Glad yeah, I was able I, to sway you a bit. You, you swayed me a little <laughs> bit. You swayed me a little bit. Um, I I am also very high because again, I love Evan Mobley, and I think uh, Okoru still has a lot of potential. We'll see. He's a lot like Patrick Williams in that this is his year to show what he's got. You know, to really. Yeah, for his fit on a on an NBA on a contending NBA roster, does oh. he have a fit there? or Does he not? Right. We forgot. Um, fuck, I'm drawing a blank on his name. But they traded him for, for him in the trade deadline from Indiana. Oh um, my God, you're right. We did totally forget oh. about him, and I, we're forgetting about him again. <laughs> I'm forgetting his name. Um, he was a. Uh, didn't Indy pick him up? Was he yeah, one of the former from Karis Brooklyn? LeVert? Uh, Karis LeVert. LeVert, thank you. Jesus, yeah. I hate myself for not knowing. So they have Karis LeVert coming off the bench. They still got Ricky Rubio when he gets healthy. And they still got Kevin Love coming off the bench. And right. they have like a big three in the front court with Kevin Love, Evan Mobley, and Jared Allen. So you can kind of like rotate and then you can just like throw in like some filler bigs in there. I think yeah. they're perfectly fine. I, I, I like. No, I, I like that a lot, and that gives yeah. him a little bit more flexibility too. Like, in, in, as long as Levert doesn't regress, and he's you know uh, he could be a trade asset, be, right? As long as he 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 can be like a Jordan Clarkson light kind of, and then they yes. if they don't really need that, given they have Garland and Mitchell and you know um, uh, Mobley, then maybe they can swing that to another team, or they find out that no, his bench scoring is exactly what they need when they have either Mitchell or Garland on the bench. So that could definitely work out. Um, because, yeah, he, Karis LeVert is not – he has the potential to be as good as Jordan Clarkson, you know, but he's not quite at that level. But he's definitely uh, a capable, off-the-bench uh, volume scorer. He definitely put 
you know, the fear in the teams, even the Bulls when he played them yes. and uh, can score in bunches. He did a great job with with uh, Brooklyn before the Durant uh, teams coalesced that uh, I think I remember his 50 point game was that like right before the bubble or something. Yeah, he dropped 50 in that literally might have been like one of the last games before the uh, before COVID shut the NBA down. Could but be. uh yeah, he's 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 a very good piece. So they can definitely swing him in a trade. And then you're talking about a lot more flexibility with again, depending on maybe you decide Mobley's enough and you don't need Allen, or you pair him with Okoru for a more veteran, you know, wing player. For sure. Definitely, man. And honestly, like maybe the plan is just LeBron James in 2025. <laughs> <laughs> he fits in perfectly in that small forward spot. Yeah. <laughs> Ronnie in 24 and then LeBron James in 25. Yeah, That's I'm the not point. sure LeBron's a small forward anymore, man. I think he's a power forward, solidly. They'll bump Evan Mobley to like small forward just to uh-huh. make it work. <laughs> they can definitely. No, do but that. Uh, let's quickly let's move on to like the Utah side of things. There's not much to talk about here because we kind of already addressed it. But let's grade this trade for Utah. Me personally, for Utah, I give them like a C plus, maybe a B minus because of the draft picks. However, I'm gonna give them a lesser grade because. Uh, just like with the Rudy Gobert trade, obviously they're valuing the draft picks way more, and they better hope that these those pan out. But right. you would like to hope that like there's some some young talent, young star that you get back. Like in the Anthony Davis trade, you you could say, oh well, we have Brandon Ingram. You know, he's he's coming into the trade. We have Lonzo Ball. Definitely, you know? Mitchell's not quite on that level of like, no, no, he's not. AD's but... like, AD at the time was you know top five player in the NBA consideration. Yes, at least. Agreed, agreed. Right. But I feel like you could have gotten like some kind of young talent, like at least like let's say they do the the next trade. At least you can sell your right. fan base. I'm like, oh, we got RJ Barrett. He's a future right. All Star type. Like that's what I'm saying. Like them not being able to get that kind of talent, and maybe that's not what they were looking for in the end. Because... No, I, and I agree. And 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 even though they have three unprotected draft picks, and I talked about how risky that is for Cleveland, it's still three picks that are not. They're far out, some of them, but they're on a team with a number of good young players. They're not likely to be high top. They're not likely to be top ten picks. You know, mm-hmm. they're they'll be lucky if they can get lottery picks out of these. Yes. So, so I I agree. We'll and and Colin Sexton coming off that injury, I wasn't all that. High. He wasn't a bad player, but I'm I, he's not the type of player I would have been looking for in a return. Like you know, for for an it was Larry Market and they sold him. That's what it was. <laughs> Hey man, if Lowry ever becomes what we all thought he would be with the Bulls, and this trade is a win for them, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. He's <laughs> the next Dirk Nowitzki. I think we've already seen. I think. Yeah, no, I think we kind of seen what Lowry yeah. is. Yeah. Um, quick, quick question, random question, because it came to my head. Who are you most disappointed in, Lowry Marketing or Nikola Miritich? That's a Bulls fan. I think Lowry because Nikola, I think still. Nikola Miritich provided way more value. I mean, if you remember, even when he came back from that from when Bobby Portis like shattered his face <laughs> and funny enough, him and Bobby Portis together on the court, while they may not have been talking to each other, were like winning they games. Well. They, they rolled off like a winning streak. They were too good. They had to trade them immediately. The yeah. Bulls uh, were winning way too many games and pulled them, gave them a much worse draft pick. And then Nico went on to the Pelicans was very good in their playoff series uh, and, and to help them get to the playoffs when they upset right. the, uh, uh, the Blazers in that. All right. So I think I think Nico had a better overall NBA career. Um, I think he's a better player. I think if you were to ask me right now, I would take Nikola Mirotic back on the Bulls in a heartbeat. I think he's a much better player. 
All right. Fair, fair, fair response, man. I was just kind of curious as a Bulls fan. I was like, we were talking about Lowry. I'm like, he kind of disappointed. And I'm like, then I thought right. about Nico, and we were like looking at him as the next best. Well, because you know, prospect. Nico had so much. Nico Miritich had so like we really thought he should be like borderline All Star level of a of a ta- <laughs> like he had the talent. He had the ball yeah. handling ability. Yeah. You know, moving in the floor, his size, he can shoot, he can finish at the rim. Really great, great passer. So uh, the thing is, like when Laurie Laurie was a younger draft pick, right? Because Nico played in Europe first, and then we got yes. him. Yes. And so with Laurie's age, what he showed in that first year, and he even like, uh, I think after the Bulls got Zach, um, I remember games, you know, those that desultory se- season, you know, but heck, several desultory seasons. Um, Laurie Markkinen ha- showed at times the clutch gene. Like he would demand the ball, even with Zach on the team, him and Zach would very rarely would play a little two-man game. And, uh, and uh, Markkinen would... Would hit those shots man i remember some big game winners he hit big game winners because they only won like eight games so like he won like two of them <laughs> <laughs> so uh, i was really thinking and then he'd throw down like every two months he'd throw down one of those monster dunks on something oh yeah definitely that was great uh right. so i i think that was so we kind of thought oh he he's also going to be that all-star level player and he he never really reached anything close to it i think nico nico miritich had so much more that he actually accomplished as an All right. player. Fair enough. Fair enough. Just kind of thought I'd throw the question out there since it popped into my head. So yeah, uh, in, ter- in terms of Utah though, like, like what's your grade for that then? So because again, like you said, they didn't Sexton is to me is, is somebody you take a flyer on. He's not really like a flagship in this deal. Like you don't, you're not really touting to your fan base that we got Colin Sexton. You might try, but mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's buying that. You know, they're going to no. be like, okay, let's wait and see. He's coming back from injury. He was never that efficient to begin with. Can he, you know, get back to where he was and then improve? And then three, three first-round picks, unprotected, fantastic. Two pick swaps. Let's be honest. Unless things go disastrously badly in Cleveland, those yeah. pick swaps are not like you. Cleveland is not having a worse record than Utah, so they're not using those pick swaps. Uh, and those three first-round picks, like I said maybe one of them falls in the lottery and that's that's like the median outcome i think is that the Cavs missed the playoffs in one of those years and and the and the jazz get a get a lottery pick out of it there is a slight upside that you may get uh that 2029 pick anything can happen but i think the Knicks package if if they could have convinced new york to give up all of the picks they wanted from new york those would have been better picks now credit to the Knicks on one hand for not giving up picks like as easily as they have in the past on the other hand like they didn't get mitchell either right sorry you're muted <laughs> their big price of the 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 offseason was uh Jalen Brunson, so they got their guy at the end. Right, right. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, all right. So like I said, as a grade, I uh, so as a grade, I'm gonna say uh I'm gonna say B minus because they did get all right. They did get three three first round picks, a rookie who who we don't know anything about, you know, and two flyers in Lowry Markin and Colin Sexton. That's decent. It's not terrible, it's 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 decent. I'll give him a B minus. It's 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 okay. Uh, I'll yeah. give him like a C plus, C yeah. plus B minus, hovering around that like borderline. Right. right. In terms of the Eastern Conference, we loosely talked about it, and we'll wrap up with this. Uh, where does where does Cleveland rank in this in the Eastern Conference standings? Because I think the hierarchy there's like tiers to this, right? There's different right. levels. I think right. the tiers right now is Boston and Milwaukee in that upper tier. No doubt. I have to see what Harden looks like. 
to start off the season. But and see, that's exactly why Boston and Milwaukee are in a tier by themselves at the top because both Brooklyn and uh, Philly are talent wise on that level. But we yes. have to see. There's so many questions. Yes, there is Miami who are a little bit older, but you can't really count out Miami. But so they're a threat there. Atlanta right. got better. They added Dejounte Murray, your guy at Dejounte. Yeah. I still don't think I don't still see Atlanta as a threat to the Bulls. If I don't see them as a as a huge threat, but they're they're a solid team with with yes. uh, with roster flexibility and depth. So yeah, if if we look at like the top six, be so that you don't get into the plan. If we start running them down, you have Boston, you have Milwaukee, you have Miami, right. you have Philly, you have Cleveland, you have Chicago, you Brooklyn. have Brooklyn. Yeah. And then Atlanta. So those are eight teams right there. Those are probably the eight playoff teams, regardless. Yep. Yep. And I think uh, it's really going to depend on which teams mesh be- better throughout the series season. I think look and avoid avoid injuries, mesh better. Yes. Exactly. Have, have injuries. Uh, yeah. Fewer, more young players get closer to their ceiling than their floor. That sort of stuff. Exactly. So there's a lot of variables and stuff up in the air that's going to determine this. But I think right now right. Boston and Milwaukee and the tier all on, on their own right now. And oh yeah, it's everybody no doubt. Else. No doubt. I think it's everybody else at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like I, I like Cleveland though. Like, no, you're like, right because I think like this solidly puts them in. Like, I think there is a clear top eight that you listed, right? Yes. And then everybody else, like Charlotte, whatnot, they're like uh, Knicks, etc. They're on the periphery. Wizards, Charlotte, Knicks, they're clearly no, below they're that not. top eight. Yeah, they're, like, they're, they're, they they need they need to outperform their own. You know. Uh, either they need to get lucky and outperform their point differential, or, or they need like unexpected outcomes, like uh, no regression from their veterans, or uh, unexpectedly high outcomes from their rookies in order to challenge. And they also need some luck or bad luck for the other teams in either injuries or, again, disappointing player key players uh, for either the Bulls or Cavs or Nets. Exactly. Um, I don't know, man. At, at, at the end of the day. When I'm looking at everyone, oh, we forgot about Toronto as well, dude. Actually, dude, that makes uh, it man. I knew there that was makes someone. a nine. It, can't, no, it couldn't it have nine. been a clean eight. That, that makes it too easy for us, dude. That makes our okay. Well, take out Atlanta and put a Toronto. Yeah, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll agree with that. But then Atlanta's clearly a step above everybody else below them. So, like, I think they're clearly a step above Charlotte. They're a step above. We'll the see. Knicks. We'll see. I don't. I don't. I'm. I'm not too concerned for the Bulls. I think best case scenario for them, they're like a top four seed. Well, won't you scenario. say though? I mean, you won't you be a little concerned because I would say if there's a nine teams that are clearly better or playoff worthy teams, mm. that means that one of those play in games is going to be a one and done, yes, possibly against a legit, legit opponent, like an opponent that sh- that on any given night should be able to beat you, like 50 50. True, That's if they play point, Toronto yeah. in a play in game, that could be tough. Even Atlanta, Trey yeah. Young could just go yes. off and bury that's, you when it's over. That's very, that's very true. However, like again, maybe I'm a little overconfident. Maybe I just trust the Bulls. I, I like them being like forgotten about, and everybody's like talking about all these other teams because that's exactly what they were doing last year. Yes, they didn't make much of much moves in the offseason, but I like what they. I, I like the team currently. I'm gonna wait and see what they're gonna look like throughout the season. And then yeah. I'll be more worried or more concerned. Well, I'll tell you what I'm looking for. I'm looking yes. for them to be a predator, man. Be a predatory team as you go through the season. And I want them to poach. Like the Knicks have too many big men 
who yes. uh, and and they're not going to fit in their rotation and they're going to be disgruntled. I want them to poach somebody from one of these teams that either suffers from you know bad injury luck or has some has some internal friction for playing time, yes. contracts, etc. And God damn it, you have to go in and be predatory. You can't sit back and let you know let the market come to you. I want them to go poach poach a player off of one of those teams basically pick, pick teams up uh, off that are you're supposed to be like beat the teams you're supposed well, to be. i want them like... to poach a player i want them to make a move i want the front oh, office yeah. to do something against like take a player if charlotte's disappointing grab grab something of value from charlotte if it's if it's the wizards if it's the knicks i think um, you and, know, and I, I think i think one of those one, one of the teams like i said the one of the teams to look out for is utah because bogdanovich could be a perfect asset if we can get him for kobe and some and some filler plus that Portland pick. I'm not giving one of our own picks, but I'll give up that Portland pick. Yeah, Bogdanovich would be a good fit at the three. Uh, he would round out the roster four. pretty he, well. He the so thing with Bogdanovich is everybody on the everybody in the league knows is gonna knows he's on the market. Him, Conley, and like you said, Clarkson, right? So there's definitely gonna be um, quite a bit of interest. Utah's probably gonna drag that out and, and see what they can um, squeeze yeah. out of all the teams. So I I, I want the Bulls to go after a player on, on a team that isn't really being talked about and get that player off that team. You know, yeah. again, whether you snatch the guy, I wanted them to sign in free agency in Hartenstein, or you go and uh, pick up somebody off of the Hornets or, or, or the wizards when, if, if their whole thing right. implodes with Beal and Przingis, but that there are players out there, there, there are teams that are going to, that are not going to be, in the mix that they think you know they're all everybody's optimistic right now and then as you go through the season some teams are going to hit a hard reality and uh i want to go and poach a player off those rosters that's what the bulls need to do exactly i i'm confident that that will happen as as you you've seen with uh acme they kind of want to like see what they have first which i agree with and then make moves they don't want to just be like, right. oh, we we got we got bounced in the first round against the Bucks. Like you went against the defending champs, you went against Giannis. You know, let's see what another year of continuity does. Again, right. maybe I'm a little bit overly optimistic here, but I still don't think we're like the third. Worth. Like I think it's more neck and neck with Cav- with the Cavaliers right now as to who who is the second best team in that. My thing division. is right. I, I I'm not disagreeing with that. They they could be neck and neck with the Cavs, but I think the Bulls have more downside risk. The Cavs just don't have the they're they're not relying on as many, you know, downside aging players like Vucevic and DeRozan as as and now right. Dragic and Drummond as the Bulls are. Um and nor do they have like the players with the sort of like scary recent injury performance like Zach, you know, after his knee. Again, I'm very confident Zach is going to have a better year. But let's we can't pretend that's not a question mark because yes. he was not the Zach Levine um the contract they gave Zach Levine was not based on last year. Let's no, just say it was that. Uh, based off. If it was based off of last year, it was based off of like pre-injury. Right, right, right. Because he looked fantastic pre-injury. Oh yeah, absolutely. He looked. And he they looked, looked fantastic. If they can get back fantastic. to that, then that'd be great. Um, all right. And then well, you have Lonzo. So that's why I'm like, uh, the Bulls have more question marks. It's, that's all I'm saying. Patrick yes, Williams is right. a question mark. Kobe yeah, White. Like up right. and down the roster, there's a lot more question marks than the Bulls. I'm not disagreeing like talent-wise. They should be about equal or even a, ahead of the Cavs. But they have way more downside risk in way in many more positions across the roster than, than uh, Cleveland or, or Toronto or whoever else does. So that's why I think uh, – they, they should be aggressive. And like you said, wait and see is fine. 
but DeMar DeRozan is like in his mid thirties, you know? Yes. We forget and he was that. our best player last year. So right, you got to, well. and, and Patrick Williams, if he does not take that leap, right. If he doesn't prove your faith in him this year, then you're in big trouble because there is no other high ceiling, you know, high variance player that you, that you can reasonably expect to fill that next role, that star role after Zach, after Lonzo and Demar, right? Mm-hmm. But it's it's Pat, it's Pat Will, it's yeah. got to be him, and they don't have a lot of a lot of areas of of improving that in, in terms of like getting somebody who has a high ceiling and can legitimately possibly be a, a cornerstone star in the playoffs that you can you that you don't get spanked by a team like Milwaukee <laughs> next time. Yeah, that's fair, man. That's fair. All right, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap things up here. Uh, in terms of the Eastern Conference, obviously Cleveland is definitely a team to look out for. Cavaliers made it made out pretty well. We give yeah, them a did. pretty solid like A A plus. And then in terms of Utah, they got what they wanted. They wanted draft picks. The vi- the valuable picks they're about to get are their own because they're about to bottom out. Great so, point. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm I'm excited and uh I'm excited to make more of these emergency podcasts for you guys. Uh this, this is the last minute thing. I'm battling the cold, but I still <laughs> decided to come on here and like give you guys uh, some content, like put uh, put out some content for y'all. Absolutely. It's cool to actually be able to comment on the news as it's happening. And like oh, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm a little I'm a little uh out there right now because I worked a double at like across the city <laughs> at two different spots. So I've been I working all day. Man. No but, worries. Uh, this was fun, man. I'm I'm glad we were able to actually opine on the news as it's happening. For sure, for sure. Uh like I like I mentioned almost all the time, uh you can go ahead and follow me on Instagram and Twitter at SES Vince. The link tree in my bios will take you to everything straight talk. It'll give you the audio podcast the youtube the twitch everything if you want to follow us on instagram that is straight talk underscore pod so go ahead and check that out follow us support download subscribe everything any and all support greatly helps the show matter of fact go ahead and subscribe or slash follow right now on twitch go ahead and do that right now and give us a thumbs up on youtube uh bosh real quick uh, plug your stuff man real quick uh at system lord without the e on instagram that's sys T-M-L-O-R-D on Instagram. Um, I'll have some big things coming when I actually get some downtime to set them up. Right. <laughs> Until then, uh, always check out uh, the the charity that we set up locally, local people, not some big organization that helps out our you know brothers and sisters who are unhoused on the streets and bridges and tunnels of Chicago. That is ShyCare, C-H-I-C-A-R-E.org. Volunteer, come on a run with us, take them food help us in the warehouse and uh, organize supplies or just donate something 10 bucks a month, whatever you can. For sure. For sure. So for Bashara and myself, this has been the Street Talk Podcast emergency episode. We'll catch you guys on the next one later, y'all. Peace.